All right, welcome back to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Pleased to be joined once again for the first time in over a month. SYP creator Scotty K. Scotty, what's happening, big guy? Oh, you know, I'm back. I'm excited to be back. It's going to be a fun podcast. Um, some serious topics here as well, but I'm, ex- I'm honestly excited to be back. It's going to be good to chat and get good to catch up with you. I haven't talked to you in like months. I know it's been a while. It's been too long. Uh, thank you for bringing the drip to this podcast, uh, wearing a, a Notre Dame hoodie and a Seahawks toque isn't quite that, but you know, you're bringing, is that Arcteryx by the way? No, Patag- Patagonia. Patagonia. Or, better known as Patagucci. So yeah, it's a- that, that's, that's, that, that sounds like a, you know, uh, a suburban white kid thing to say, uh, Patagucci instead of Patagonia, but that's just me. I, w- I was always against buying Patagonia, and I guess I succumbed to the peer pressure. I don't know. No, Patagonia is nice. Um, it is very nice, actually. This is an, like probably the best sweater I've ever owned. The, the so, reason yeah. I said Arcteryx at Spurts is because now there's a, an Arcteryx store at Metrotown here in Burnaby. Mm. And it was uh, the lineup was like going like two stores, like the other two. I believe it. Like, that, I believe that, it. Arcteryx is like legit. They yeah, have some no. good stuff in there. I, I figured it was just climbers, but it was actually like old people and like, you know, everyone, everyone was going to Arcteryx. Arcteryx so. is some of the nicest jackets, like the Gore-Tex, you name it, like worldwide. They're arguably some of the best for sure. So uh, we're recording this on Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, November 11th. Um, big shout out to all veterans, uh, everybody who, you know, former me- member of the military, uh, still active member of the military. Thank you for doing what you do, done or doing. Uh, so you will have allowed us to do what we're doing. Yep. It wouldn't be possible without you guys. So big shout out to veterans, uh, members of the military. It's greatly appreciated what you do. Um, it, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, we're, it's a bit of a touchy show today. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but we got some kind of some interesting stuff near the end, I think. Yep. Uh, we're going to be talking mostly hockey, hockey. Um, we got a little bit of entertainment on stock as well. Uh, do you want to start with the Blackhawks stuff first? Yeah, I think we should. That's the most, I'm, I'm not sure if you've talked about it in previous plots. I don't think you have, but not really. We, I, I like, I figured you and I should at least be doing a, a, a medium to deep dive on it. Mostly because, you know, we're two white males who obviously know, uh, you know, how to talk about hockey um you know there's a bit of you know there's a whole thing about power struggle and uh white males and hockey in general uh i i've had this discussion in my employer with the everett silver tips as well i don't know if you've had this uh conversation with your employer or at school um about just people in power and all this sort of stuff and um I think also now it's a decent time to talk about it. Cause I don't know if there's going to be any, I mean, maybe there's breaking news tomorrow that kind of ruins the podcast and what we're up to. But right. I think there's, I think it's a bit cool as cool can be in the Blackhawk stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously it, it, since you and I last talked, Kyle Beach has come out as John Doe one yep. uh, in the uh, Brad Aldrich uh, lawsuit. Uh, I don't know if you saw John Doe 2's mother uh, give an interview with Rick Westhead at TSN. I saw that Uh, as well. That was disturbing. Um, I I mean, I know what you're, you you know what you're going to say, but how how are you feeling and your thoughts towards the whole Blackhawks situation? 
it's it's again as everyone said and it's as very obvious it's it's a terrible situation and it's really unfortunate that Kyle had to go through that and that there was no response at the time and the fact that it came up 11 years after the fact it to me it's ridiculous like this is something that should be handled right away on the spot and it's totally unacceptable behavior on the part of Brad Aldridge and the fact that he got his name removed from the cup good I'm happy he's he doesn't deserve to be in the cup theory there's no reason for him to be there like all the work he did whatever whatever good or bad whatever it was erased with this 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 um this incident that happened and um yeah the black also I will say that the handling of the whole of the, the the situation hasn't been ideal from every party which is really unfortunate to see um some players are very supportive of Kyle and again I just want to commend him for his courage and for coming out as you know the first of potentially a few more victims and it takes a lot to do that and I have you know it's it's very that type of thing is very um hard to talk about and it's a very hard thing for him to come out and display that courage and be there and the fact that people were supporting him throughout the whole thing I think is really cool um but yeah like I said before horrible situation and I really hope he's doing what he can and people are helping him the best way he can. And as the NHL, I hope the NHL is doing their thing to help prevent these things from ever happening again to anyone. doesn't matter who it is, wherever you play, doesn't matter. You, you touched on about how difficult of a, of a thing this is to talk about. Uh, and, and I think that's important throughout all this is having, like it's an uneasy conversation, but it's a conversation you have to have. Yeah. Um, not just with, uh, your friends, you should have that with your friends, but even your family, um, co-workers, just people, you know, um, that's kind of been one of my things is, you know, being open and honest with people about this sort of stuff. Uh, it's like you say, too bad that it took too long for this to be open instead of just, you know, everybody shoving it under the rug, like they did 11 years ago. Now it's finally coming to fruition and coming to light, which it shouldn't, but, it is. Um, and the same with John Doe too, the Michigan high schooler who got sexually assaulted by Brad Aldridge in 2013. Like that should have come out then. It didn't. Um, and here we are. Um, since then, the Blackhawks have fired Stan Bowman. The Panthers have fired Joel Quinville um, as their head coach. Mark Bergevin keeps his job. He was an, I, I don't know. I think he was director of player personnel for the Blackhawks at the time in 2010. Kevin che- Cheval Dayoff was the assistant general manager. He's keeping his job in Winnipeg. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see either of the interviews by the NHL uh, from Bettman and John Day, uh, Bill Daly or the Kevin Cheval Dayoff interview. Mm-hmm. Um I found it remarkable the lack of empathy from the NHL from their perspective on this whole thing. Yeah, very like uh, scripted and there's no um, nothing at all. Um, they again, same, Kevin Shavadoff was a little bit better, but the one that really hit me was Mark Shipman's interview. Yeah. That was the one that really caught my attention is that he's not, there's not really any involvement. He's not really that involved, but the fact is he truly cares about, a player in his league. And again, as an owner, it's their job to make sure the league is running properly and everything's done. And he, 
his interview really struck me as like, okay, this guy cares. This is what, this is what the kind of response we expect and want to see out of an owner, out of any, frankly, anybody um, associated with the NHL and the situation. He, he, he showed some sort of compassion, which yeah, is not anything we had seen um, outside, like from the NHL or the Blackhawks leading up to that point, uh, which was disturbing. Absolutely. Um, where we go from here, the lawsuit is still continuing between Beach and the Blackhawks. Um, I'm not sure how long that's going to be tied up in litigation for. Uh, I think they it were tends talking- to be a long time. Which could, is be a, important. could be a long time. Um, I don't know if they're going to settle, have an agreement of some sort, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. At, at least they're, they're trying to make some changes. It feels like in the NHL, mm-hmm. uh, albeit too little, too late uh, and not really enough, but not yet, at least. Not yet, and, and there, the you know, it's the how do I put this? It's recognizing that it's a problem, but more from a PR standpoint than actually somebody getting hurt or somebody facing uh, uh, emotional trauma from this. Okay. Which, which that's that's um, really sad and really bothersome as a hockey fan, seeing how these um, people who run the league treat people and victims of sexual abuse and sexual assault and even rape in some cases. Um, I, I, I know there've been people who have been talking about Batman possibly getting fired, leaving as commissioner. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think this is going to be the thing that takes him. I think he's going to leave on his own terms. I agree with that as well. Um, Um, if this is something that he wants to resign over, great. I don't think he is, but it's um, it's it's a weird. Again, he's he did. I don't know how to explain this properly, but he didn't. He did the bare minimum to look like he cared and he showed compassion, and he handled like he did the bare minimum of handling the situation correctly. There's a lot more he could have done as a commissioner of the NHL. And even Bill Daly, had, you know, as the vice deputy, um, there, like, he did the very bare minimum to get by and to just, you know, I don't want to say push past it, but he he at least he, he acknowledged it. Yeah, acknowledged it. Yeah, and, and said it was bad, and that was about it. That was about it. Yeah, like I said, the bare minimum of what he could have done. There's. And like you, you, t- you touched on a bit earlier about taking further steps and more direction and, you know, you know, moving in the right direction in terms of handling these type of situations and um, sexual assault cases and even just abuse or what, even whatever it looks like. Um, he didn't do much. And again, I'm hoping the league takes more steps in this direction of, okay, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure this doesn't happen again whether it be sexual assault, whether it be domestic abuse, whether it be, you name it, whatever it might be, got to be handled correctly. And the NHL has enough money, enough power to be able to do this. So it's a matter of want. And right now it doesn't seem like they want to do that. And and kind of the same from the Blackhawks too. They 
seem like this seems like something they're being forced to do, which I guess in a way they are because they're fe- they're feeling PR scrutiny. But this should also be something that you want to do um, to provide support and and help wherever you can. And I, I I don't I don't feel like the Blackhawks or the NHL really want to do that. Whether because I, I I'm sure there's going to be another case like this that pops up in the future. I believe even Pittsburgh and Bill Guerin are dealing with something. I, I should know more, but I don't know more. I don't know as much as I should on it. Um, I believe there's some lawsuit going around there. Um, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words just because I don't know. I don't know what else there needs to be said except for just do better. You should want to do more and you should want to do better. You should be striving to do that. Um, not just passing by and just barely floating. Agreed. No, hundred percent agreed. There is, like I said earlier about, you know, giving the bare minimum, there's so much more Batman could have done mm-hmm. so much more the league can and should, and hopefully will do in the coming future. And with making sure the league is a safe place for everyone. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. I don't care. Like, the league's got to do better in a lot of ways, but this is the problem at this point. The most important way they have to do better is making it a safe place for everyone. And making hockey is for everyone, not just a slogan, but like a real thing. A real thing, yeah. A, 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 like a legit, like we actually mean, like we're not just saying this as a marketing campaign. Like we actually truly believe in this yep. and want and actually want to enforce this. Yep. I'm not sure if you've seen the Scotiabank commercial with uh, P.K. Subban and... Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you seen that one? Yeah. yeah. That, that commercial, that was probably the first commercial that I saw that it wasn't just, this is a marketing thing. Like, they actually mean this. This this actually has some substance behind it. Feels it feels genuine that they actually want to make it. Was it. Very genuine. And I think I have it saved on my, my phone on Instagram. And I just I watch it every once in a while. I'm like, damn, this is like an unreal commercial. Like, as good as it gets for, like, commercials that's from Scotiabank so shout out to Scotiabank for that one um that was good stuff I was really impressed with that other so. takeaways before we move on here yeah. I mean um the Blackhawks are going to find a new GM and coach you would think at some point yeah um, well, they, they just fired uh Colton they just Ooh. fired they just fired Colton FYI viewers was not involved with the Kyle Beach situation but the yeah. Blackhawks are off to a terrible start after signing all their these players Anyways, not not the point, but not the point. But they're they're going to have some sort of organizational change. Now the words is are still going to own the team, but this this is a team that I would have to imagine is going to have quite a bit of organizational change. Maybe even the logos, the jerseys, yeah. whatnot. Like I, it just feels like this is a this is as good of an opportunity as any to change the organization and to fix yeah. any mistakes or any problems that you think it really is. Yeah, it really is. Including sexual assault and and any domestic violence or, yeah, that sort of thing. That's This is a great opportunity. Fix it. Um, You know, trying to end on a positive here. There's more more that we can do. It's shitty what happened. Uh, I, I obviously feel a lot of sympathy for Kyle Beach because I was a big Kyle Beach fan when he played for the Everett Silvertips in junior hockey. Like I like grew up loving Kyle Beach because I thought this guy was like a star and he was going to be a great NHL player. And he was drafted 13th overall, I believe, or 12th thir- overall. Yeah, thir- like, I, like I was early, gonna, mid first round. Mid for, lottery pick. 
Yeah. And I was like, this guy is going to have a real good chance to succeed in the NHL. Like, you know, me at like eight or nine, like, I think this guy could be really good. And he really just never got the opportunity um, to be a successful NHL player. Um, That being said, there, there is room to improve and grow and it's on us. And Scott and I, uh, fans of SYP, it's on us to make hockey is for make hockey for everyone, and not make it not just a marketing campaign. So, like it. Yeah. Um, should we talk about another negative thing with Bob Murray first? Yeah, we. Yeah, let's. Obviously, that's this sort of sort of kind of ties in. It's a similar type of situation. Um, Bob Murray, and I'm Ducks general manager, has been not fired, but relieved of his duties. He's stepping down as the general manager and executive vice president of hockey operations of the Anaheim Ducks for his, I'm going to say potential involvement, but likely involvement in a domestic abuse case. I thought it was just his conduct in, within the team. It might be just pure conduct, um, improper treatment of staff, people, staff players. Um yeah, as as a Docs fan, it's unfortunate. I had a good chat with a couple of friends of mine um, last night, and they asked me. They actually because this is pretty. This is fairly recent. This is for like, within last, within the, like beginning of this week, I think. This is a developing story and has yeah, like I said, like Ian said, a couple you know, been going for a couple of days now, and um, we talked like it's one of those things. You know, the Docs have been for the most part a fairly successful team since I was born, since the year two thousand. They've two Stanley Cup finals, one Stanley Cup win consistently in the playoffs after the last few years that hasn't been the case but again Bob Murray's been a big part of especially in the 2010s he's been a big part of it and um the fact is he comes off as someone that kind of like um what's his name Chicago GM during the Bulls run um oh Jerry Krause that's the one Jerry Krause very much like does anything he wants to win but doesn't matter doesn't matter how he treats people like we'll get results and it's, sure enough they got results it's my way or the highway type thing my way or the highway and he he comes bob mary comes off as that kind of person and unfortunately that rubs people the wrong way and i think some in some again i just is this is purely speculation but again i think some of that i want to win at no at no no cost at all like whatever cost like um, it eventually became an issue with players and staff that there was some treatment of players and, like I said, staff that was not up to up to par at all. And this is why this has happened. I think it's it's time for a change in Anaheim. Personally, he's been around for a long time, and again, if this if this gets him out, this gets him out. So, I wonder if it had something. Remember. Um can't remember how many years ago it was now because COVID just ruined my timing on everything. But remember when he uh, went behind the bench as like the interim coach when they fired uh, they fired Randy Carlisle. Yeah. Randy Carlisle. Is that how long ago we're talking that, about? The second, the second time, yeah. Second time. And I wonder if that had something to do with it. Um, and from what I've heard or from what I've seen from Anna, like you and I haven't chatted about this before this show, but it sounds like this isn't really a surprise from pe- like from people who cover the ducks or the you know the no. sources. It, like it sounds like this is like oh yeah that's that sounds about right for this guy. Yeah, like it kind of tracks with what his reputation is, and like I said off the top of this you know this this topic is 
that yes, he's a proven winner. He's got done, had lots of success in Anaheim, but again, at what cost does he do it at? And that's the real question here. And I'm, I'm very intrigued to see because the, the initial investigation, just uh, the investigator recommended him just be stepped down from his duties. I'm interested to see the full investigation and see what really is what had really happens and has really happened in the organization. So um, yeah. Now he has uh, joined a was it substance abuse. He joined the substance NHL substance abuse program. That's correct. Yeah. So there, I would say by that um, there is some concern for alcoholism or drinking. Yep. I don't know about drinking on the job or per se or anything like that. Right. But um, and not to say like that justifies it as an excuse for any of his actions. That isn't. Yep. But hopefully, at, to some extent, he can get his life back together and fix whatever. Yeah. Um, issues or whatever's bugging him or whatever's plaguing him alcohol wise or substance abuse wise. And hopefully he finds peace with himself because there's no reason to be a, a curmudgeon old man. Nobody wants to be around that. Nobody wants to hang out or with, with that. Nobody wants to work with you when you're the curmudgeon old man, who's just yelling at the old man, yelling at a cloud. Nobody wants to be around that. No, nobody. Um, but hey, I mean, everybody seems to want to be around the Anaheim Ducks right now because uh, they're doing pretty good this year. Because they're very good. There's a few mailbag mil- questions on that, so I'll talk about that later. All right. Um, but let's talk about um, Eichel. You want to talk about the Eichel trade now? I think we should. That was probably, outside of the Kyle Beach situation, probably the biggest headline of the month of the last couple of weeks since we last parted, maybe. When did that happen? Because my my timing on that is so out of sync. With like, it was on, did it happen a week ago? It was Thursday or Friday last week. Yes. Okay. That's All right. So let's break the trade down for you. So Jack Eichel and a third round pick, conditional third round pick, are going from Buffalo to Las Vegas in exchange for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a first round pick, and I believe a conditional third round pick. I'm just pulling it up on ESPN now. Just so you got it, yeah. Sure. Um, do, 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 do. This is really fun when we Google stuff during the middle of a podcast. The return for Buffalo is Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, a future first-round draft pick, and a future second-rounder. Vegas will also get a third-round pick. If Vegas' first-round pick in 2022 is not a top-10 selection, the Sabres will get a 2022 first-rounder and a 2023 second-rounder, with Vegas getting a 2023 third-rounder. If Vegas's first round pick is a top 10 selection, Buffalo will get a 2023 first rounder and a 2024 second rounder with Vegas getting a 2024 third rounder. Uh, no salary retained in the deal. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the Eichel move? Vegas won the trade by a landslide, especially with no salary retained. That like, to me, that was, um, or uh, sorry, Scratch that. Say even like without salary retained, like Vegas still wins this trade by a lot. Yeah, Eichel's far and away the best player in the trade. Peyton Krebs will be very good. I have full confidence in him. Alex Tuck will be pretty good. Alex Tuck is pretty good at this point, but he's no Jack Eichel. He's no game-breaking one C like Jack Eichel is. And Vegas needed a, a first-line center, and they just got him. Can I just say, um, 
It is it fair to say that Jack, Jack Eichel, when healthy, is a top five player in this league. Is that a that, bit of a reach? That's, that's a bit of a reach. Okay. The key, the key you said is when healthy, and he hasn't been doing that a lot. That's no, but, been his big issue. But here's here's my thinking. I think I agree with I think Vegas won the deal, but I don't think it's as lopsided as some people are making it. Like I still think for what Eichel is right now, health-wise, I think that's a pretty fair return. Um right. with that being said, this is Jack Eichel, who is he's not healthy or hasn't been consistently healthy, and he's played on the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. Like he he's Played at, at the the he's played in the dare I say dumpster fire of the NF or the NHL for like the last five years. Yeah, I would say almost even longer, but longer. yeah, the last five years. And um, let's see how he does on like a good team like the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. True, like that, yeah. like that dude. I don't think there's anybody who comes close to McDavid. But he might get up to like the um, uh, McKinnon Matthews tier right below, Drysidel tier right below him. I think that are, that's a fair statement. That's a very yeah, I I hundred percent agree with that. There's a world, especially with the players he's gonna be playing with now. I look at this Mark Stone Eichel Pacioretty line. Yeah, uh, this is a top five line in the NHL automatically right away, without even having played together at all. Stone and Eichel on the same. Oh, dude, stupid. It's, it's literally like a video game where you just like add. It, kind of it, it, no, it actually is. Like Vegas is forward depth. They, they lost Tuck and Krebs and some, dra- some draft capital. But again, that, fuck, that, those, that forward group. And then you've got the defense core that you've got. Two of those guys are in Canada's Olympic team, Theodore and Petrangelo. And you've got Alec Martinez, who's no you know, slouch. Braden McNabb's one of the more physical defensemen in the NHL. And then Nick Hag and Zach Whitecloud are your defensemen. I was going to say, we, t- we, we talked like in the preview, we like taught, we, we, we boasted about how good Vegas is, like yeah. compared to everybody else. And this oh, was before, yeah, this was before Jack Eichel. This was before anything. Yeah. And now Chandler Stevenson is a third line center, which is where he should be. And he's a above average 3C with Eichel being an elite one. And then Carlson as your second line. This team's loaded. This team's so loaded. And sure, they may not have a draft pick for a couple of years, and they haven't had one for a couple of years in the first round. But who cares when your team's this good? It's cup or bust, baby. It honestly is, especially in the division they're in, weaker than most. However, this this again, this is what we got to talk about later as well, is that this division has been, dare I say, thrown in the blender. Well, the Sharks decided they wanted to be good this year. Decided. I think they just saw the Kings beat Ottawa. Well, beating Ottawa is... Um, the Kings shut out Ottawa. I yeah, think. because uh, Ottawa is... Ottawa shouldn't be playing hockey right now. I'll just say that with their COVID cases. They shouldn't be playing this, hockey right now. True. And uh, also, the Ducks are beating your Kraken, by the way. this Viewers, this is why we did this podcast tonight, because my Ducks are playing one of Ian's teams, the Seattle Kraken, I, tonight. And I can't watch the game because it's not on cable. You got to go sports surge. Oh, are you illegally streaming stuff? Is that what you're doing now? Wow. No. I can't believe you're. Why would, why would I do that? Why would uh, I do things illegally? So, so, pretty much, so pretty much here's the thing. So going back to the Eichel trade, yep. 
I do think that's actually not a bad return. It's not. You're right. For for like, it depends on how you feel about Peyton Krebs, and Krebs tore it up last year in the bubble season in the WHL in 20 games. Take that at take that for what it's worth. He was also very effective in the World Juniors last year. Very effective in the World Juniors. Came off like he's got an injury history. That's why he slid in 2019 was because of his injury history. Alex Tuck, I think, is really good. Uh, he's from Syracuse, I believe, so upstate New upstate, York. Upstate New York, yeah. Local guy. Sounds like he wants to play for the Sabres. He's also got, like, not a long term, but he's got, like, three years left on his contract. Like, he's not somebody that the Sabres are having to, like, they have cost certainty, and there's a guy that they don't have to worry about signing. Like, it's, yep. it's like, he, we got him for $5 million for the next three years. Sure. And like I said, he's no slouch. He's Alex Tuck's a good player. And mm-hmm. he again, I think he was playing in on a Vegas team that was loaded and he wasn't in the right spot where he should have been. I believe he's a top six winger or a you know middle six center. Middle six middle six at the bare minimum. He's a at middle six four, he's yeah. a bare minimum. Yep, absolutely. And again, he's the kind of guy that in on a team like Buffalo, he can really he's at this point almost a veteran. So he can provide some experience and some size. He's a big guy. He's like six four. Yeah. So, I, and I mean, I'm curious to see how Buffalo does with the draft capital because I remember, I remember some point during COVID they fired like a significant amount of their scouts. Like I don't think the Sabers have a WHL scout. Really? I don't it, think so. I'm yeah. gonna pull that up again just to be sure. But I remember hearing that the Sabers don't have a WHL scout. Yeah, they took Dylan Cousins, uh, however many years ago. Well, uh, that's a good that's a good pick, I think. Cousins is a great player. Cousins is good, but yeah. that's what I'm really interested to see with this Sabres team is how they draft guys. Um, because they have not been the greatest team. They currently have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have ten scouts that's on not their that website. Many. That's really not that many for an NHL team. And that includes, uh, that does not include uh, director of player development, two development coaches, um, a skating development coach, and a goaltending development coach. That 10 scouts seems uh, like not nearly enough to be a successful scouting team, especially during a rebuild. But what do I know? I, I'm, you know, it's not enough either way. Either way, I think the Vegas did still win the trade. Yeah. Um, but the Sabres got some good pieces back, especially I believe Krebs is a good player and and Tuck is I mean Tuck's a good player. Krebs will be a very good player in this league for a long time. And um, yeah, I like I like the return. If Vegas still wins it, but I like the return. So uh, that that's kind of our two cents on the Jack Eichel trade. Does it make Vegas the I don't think it makes them the best team in the West, but it should at least surge them to a playoff spot. Oh, I think this, yeah. I mean, the record right now doesn't speak that way, but they're going to turn it on, especially when Eichel gets back healthy. That team's going to be scary. Uh, which he should be healthy. He was saying, I think, three months he'd be back. So, like, February, March, expect him back. I, I would love, I don't think he will, but I would love to see him return for Team USA at the Olympics. Uh, basically, like, somebody, if that happens, somebody has to do, like, a meme of, like, a Royal Rumble video 
and yep. it's like Jack Eichel. It's Jack Eichel's music, and then everybody just stops at what they're doing in the ring and sees that it's Jack Eichel. It's like, oh shit, Jack yep. Eichel's here for Team USA. He's here, yeah. Shit's changing. Um, anything? What other hockey things did you want to discuss here? I mean, I know in your last part you talked about some of the unexpected te- uh, teams, you know, that have come out of nowhere to surprise people. And I mean, I'll just quickly bat off a few that I've been kind of surprised with. Sure. Uh, I'll just r- rumble off like six here: Calgary, Anaheim, San Jose. Um, I mean, basically all of California, Los Angeles as well. And then I'll even throw in like. Detroit, Detroit. Detroit, yeah, Detroit's been really good. Um, and Buffalo, who have kind of cooled off a bit, but they started out pretty hot. You know what team I was uh, surprised with, with how they started? Uh, Columbus. Columbus, that was another one I was going to say, yeah. Columbus, too. Columbus and, um, you know what player, speaking of, speaking of Columbus, uh, you know what player, so earlier today, Thursday, Yes. Um, I was in the mall getting my phone and right. watching the replay of the Toronto Philly game on Wednesday. Right. And you know what player really stood out to me for the Flyers right. was Cam Atkinson. Cam at yeah, Cam Atkinson. I mean, Philly is like they're as we record this six three and two. That's okay. They're not bad, but like Philly as a team didn't really like impress me. Like I thought they were fine. But the guy I really like was Cam Atkinson because it's like that dude works hard. That dude oh, went to the dirty areas. He went to the front of the net. He was making Campbell's life miserable. One of the few guys who was. Yeah. Um, He's a so, hell of a hockey player. Cam Atkinson is. Really fun to watch. So that that dude I was pleasantly surprised to see. Yep. Another, um, um, actually, I'll talk about this player. Yeah, I have some mailbag questions um, that I'll talk about. Some certain players on a certain team that I happen to have a liking towards it. so um uh my t- my seattle kraken uh not great uh so far this season not totally surprising but definitely disappointing um right. the arizona coyotes uh not great either no they're oh, they have th- what three points as of thursday afternoon all yeah. year they have one win and one overtime loss yep that's bad that's very bad also not great when that one win is against the kraken the, yeah that's a good point oh boy hey, uh, at least the wings are doing well red wings have been fun even though red tonight they fun. lost to uh one zachary fucali are you serious they did two nothing they got shut out by fucali wow okay yeah I will say, aside from that unfortunate happening, um, <laughs> Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider have actually been like kind of nasty. We talked about this a little bit, but um, Raymond is actually sick. I don't know if people see him play, but he's very, he's just on it. And he's he's a little smaller guy, but he gets in there and he, he plays, man. I'm a, I do have tickets to watch the Red Wings when they come to Vancouver. Hmm. Um, I'm going to be so pissed if both Raymond and Cider aren't playing that game. That would be unfortunate. I think they're in the lineup full-time, though, at this point. Oh, no, no, but if, like, injuries or something. Oh, yeah. When is this game? March. 
oh okay there's that's a long time they'll be back they'll be they'll be, they'll be there they'll be good um yeah, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I kind of like how the Blues are playing. Yep. I mentioned that on the last podcast. Uh, Jordan Bennington still acting full heel, which you, you almost have to uh, appreciate. Um, yeah, your Ducks are doing good. Uh, we'll the get, Oilers. We'll get, in, we'll get into them later. Don't worry. The, the Oilers are making me look like uh, idiots. The Oilers are legit. Are they legit, though? Remember, my roommate's an Oilers fan, so I have to, I, I gotta be uh, careful with what I say here. But no, for for, for all, the the Oilers actually are they're nice. I'm surprised. Uh, all, you know, they actually are a wagon, but I, I'm surprised. You know, when I went to Edmonton and how many people told me that the Oilers were winning the cup, I'm surprised how many of those people are now true. They are they are now you know they're not full of shit. Those people are actually accurate. They have a legit shot. I mean, they do have to get by the Golden Knights now. But well, okay, so with the Oilers, like they just need goaltending. I mean, yeah. def- I would I would love it if they added another uh, defenseman who wasn't Duncan Keith, but uh, if they had like a, a real legitimate number one goalie, I would have a lot more confidence in them. So would I. But, but again, they're getting enough goaltending and they're scoring the lights out. Also, Evan Bouchard's been impressive. I've liked his game just on the few games I've seen from the Oilers. Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard's good. Uh, Miko Koskinen. Hey. We watched them at World Juniors, by the way. We did. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Uh, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see the Red Wings, for myself personally, it's nice to see the Red Wings doing really well, but the, it's also as disappointing seeing the Kraken kind of flop like they have. Yep. That's all I'll say about that. Um, I got some entertainment notes that I want to discuss with you. Sure, let's hear it. Uh, Travis got Astral World. Yeah. Um, that was, um, that was weird hearing, like hearing that, but then also seeing videos of him, like still performing while, uh, people are like trying to save lives. There's, you know, I've got two opinions on this. And again, I haven't seen a whole lot of clips. I haven't seen a whole lot of things, but based there's two ways I've, I look at this. The, the first way I'm going to say, I look at it and this is how I've looked at it before when you go to a Travis Scott concert, you have to expect that it's going to be an absolute riot. So you have to go in there prepared for shit to happen. Especially in the mosh pit. Exactly. And that's, I, I actually have a dream. Oh, I one day I do want to go to a Travis Scott concert at a mosh pit and be in, be in that atmosphere of it. So you got to expect it. Another thing I'll add to that as well is Travis, although he did continue performing, which don't necessarily agree with it's again i guess i'd have to find out more about it before i make a full um, he, he did he did give he did pe- refund people's money who did it he did. okay he did yeah and i know he's he's paid for the funerals of the eight people that died yeah um which is also a very nice gesture he also did he knew something was up um he was clearly pointing in the crowd and telling um like security to get in there and or the security and medics to get in there um based on the clip clips that i've seen um there was he was making an effort to um because he knew something was up but again it's hard how do you know when you're up there and you see thousands of people in a, a sea of people how do you know what's really happening you you can't really i couldn't see people i wear glasses and with all those flashing lights <laughs> and everything i couldn't see fucking shit so <laughs> good thing he can well I, i'd say he yeah 
And again, yeah. that's to my point is, well, it's hard to see that. And, you know, he probably fit, you know, again, he's probably had, again, he's been done hundreds of concerts worldwide. He probably figured, oh, it's just a kid just that just passed out. You never expect the worst, right? Do you remember the Astro World like documentary about Travis that came out like pre-COVID? Oh, of course. A, didn't, they, didn't they mention this though? Like, didn't they talk about like at the beginning of this documentary how like the Houston PD was like not exactly thrilled uh, with like all these shows because like it causes incidences like these? Because they deem it incites a riot, which sure, there's a way to look at it that way and that is somewhat true. And that was actually not in Houston. That was in one of one, on one of his tour stops in the Midwestern United States. I don't remember exactly where I'll watch the dot. Yeah. Anyways, not the point, but um, you're right. Like, again, there's, it depends how you look at it. It's re- I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I don't, I mean, I think it would be cool going to a Travis Scott concert. Yeah. I just don't think I, um, I don't think I would go to the mosh pit. Um, yeah. I, I don't I I I I think I would get anxiety being down. There. I think that would kind of freak me out, like being down there right. and um, witnessing all of that. But um, in, the, in the heat of it all, yeah, in the heat uh, of literally in Houston, in the heat of it all. But uh, you know, you know, fifty thousand people—that's more than the people who are going to Texans games right now. So you know, you can you know, Travis Scott is outdrawing a football team. So I'm not surprised on that, by the way. But. <laughs> You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the other entertainment uh, story I wanted to share is Justin Bieber yes. and his collaboration with Tim Hortons, uh, including Tim Bits, which are now being called Tim Biebs. We, I swear to you, we have to do a big eats on this. I will. I will do a big yeah, eats. Good. Um, good. To it. I'm trying to figure out what the flavors are here. Um, so pretty much it, it's just, you know, cause nowadays marketing is just putting, pairing one celebrity with a brand and just making a bunch of money on it. It doesn't matter if you're actually talented or if you're, you know, how famous you are, you just collab. And that, that's just how everybody makes money in marketing. Now, Tim Hortons will roll out the limited edition, Tim Biebs, Tim bits in flavors, including chocolate, white fudge, sour cream, chocolate chip, and birthday cake waffle on November 29th, exclusively in Canada and the U.S. Which of those flavors, I'll repeat it again, uh, white fudge, sour cream chocolate chip, and birthday cake waffle, which one sounds the most intriguing to you? The most intriguing is probably the birthday cake waffle. The one I would try the first is the chocolate white fudge, and the one that sounds disgusting is the sour cream one. See, I think the sour cream chocolate chip sounds good because it's no like, no because it's like the sour it's like sour cream glazed donuts that's like the one okay. decent donut at tim hortons that's what it's supposed to be it's not actual he's not dipping chocolate chips and sour cream and oh, serving gross. it right okay. Um, yeah, okay. i think i think my rankings on this would be sour cream chocolate chip birthday cake waffle and then the chocolate white fudge i think i also have to see what they look like first before i decide which, which ones I don't know if I can share this uh, on the video uh, portion of the podcast. I don't know if I'm legally allowed to show this, but um, I'll see if I can pull it up here. But they, because um, they did a, like a whole video on it. Um, he, him like writing on whiteboards and him just actually sitting on a table like, um, like so here. Let's see if I can, oh, sh- Big E doing technology here. 
Uh, actually, not... I'm looking up here as well. I'm actually intrigued now. I didn't actually know this. I heard so about it was like. So it looks like this here, as you okay. can, if you can see. I don't know how many you know. Robert Quinn is he sitting on a table like this, which is um, for those who are listening audio version. He, he's like lying, not lying down, but lying up on the table in the yeah. office. Nad's um, just chilling. He's got his shoes on on a table too. That's a bold. That's a bold. That's a power move right there. Bold strategy. Um, so I mean, I I we're definitely big eating big eating this. Um, yeah. and for those who don't know, uh, I hate Tim Hortons but I will definitely big eat this and I will see how this goes. Um, this yeah, tell, us, tell us, give us a cold note. Tell us why you hate Tim Hortons. Uh, service. I, I feel like they like every fifth order, every fifth time I go to Tim Hortons, they botch my order and they don't really seem to give a shit. Hey, uh, they're batting 800. That's pretty good. Pardon? <laughs> they're batting 800. That's pretty good. No, no. Listen, <laughs> that's your job is to get the food right. I don't go. I don't. I don't. I don't go to Tim Hortons and be like, "Hey, listen, uh, your on base percentage is like eight oh five. Like, nice job. Like, keep it up." It's like so you no, compared it to like gold, Like you compared it to um, like save percentage for hockey. No, no. I'm. I'm. Your job is to get my bagel and whatever coffee right the first time, and right. not putting cream cheese on it, putting butter on it, act toasting it properly. Um, and not putting hazelnut or whatever in my fucking coffee or French vanilla. Um, McDonald's and Starbucks are far superior to Tim Hortons. Um, oh, here, this is um, this is what they look like, if you can see. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. So it, it's like, I'm guessing um, the middle one, there's a fo- we're looking at a photo here. I'm guessing that middle one is like the fudge. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That looks on the left like the sour cream chocolate chip, and that yep. looks like the birthday cake. Interesting. Okay. So Man, do I with mean, that what you will. That looks pretty good, actually. I'm not gonna lie. Um do you how often do you go to Tim Hortons? You and you're in the Okanagan. I feel like Tim Horton Tim Hortons is like a big deal once you get east of hope. I guess. Um there's not really a Tim Hortons near you, I guess. Is there, or is there one near the hotel? Yeah, by the hotel, yeah, there is one. Okay. Um, there's Tim's on campus as well. I've maybe had Tim. Wow, I've had Tim's maybe like twice this semester. Oh wow. Okay. Well, and you, act, you, things- act, you actually follow like a real, uh, you know, diet instead of like me, where it's like, ooh, I get to, you know, eat meals at the hockey game. Yay! I don't it's, have to. It's make not even anything. that. It's just we're, you know, not enough money. I don't have time. I don't. I can't spend money on Tim. Tim is like fairly affordable though isn't it yeah but there's if i'm gonna go spend my money on food that's not from a grocery store i'm gonna go and like you know kind of ball out like we'll go to kelly's you know their ponchos fucking slap by the way. i don't know what that is you okay Kelowna viewers go give ian shit for not knowing what kelly's in ponchos is you have to, next time you're here we're going to get ponchos Sure. I, yes. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to getting food anytime, anywhere that goes for any listener, by the way, or any viewer. I'm, I'm always down to get food. Um, should we do our mailbag? We should do our mailbag. Do you, you want to have questions for us, right? Yes. Do you want to uh, go through questions or do you want me to ask them? Uh, I feel like I, you, I feel like you usually ask them. I'll, I'll ask the three that Rav asked us. You can okay. ask the one that sure. you got. Um, sure. SYP creator Ravisher's got three questions for us. He's a busy guy, by the way. Uh, shout out to Rav for spending all of Sunday pretty much with me uh, watching ho- hockey and soccer. 
Um, first question, will Troy Terry end up having a better career than Lucas Raymond? And um, <laughs> I'm going to say no. You're going to say no. Okay. Um, it's early on. It's very early. Too early. It's 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 too early. But um, um, if you're going to ask me who I think has the better career, I think it's Lucas Raymond. I'm going to agree with you as well. Um, and Terry, that's not, and that's not a slight to Troy Terry. Wasn't Troy no, no. Terry at the uh, U.S. Olympic team in 2018? Uh, no. Yes, he was actually. That seems right. He's a shootout king, by the way. Also, yeah, he had three short goals against Russia in the semifinal of 2017 World Junior. And oh, that also, sounds right. He also scored a couple against Canada in their shootout win. Troy Terry, I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. He had represented the U.S. at both the junior and senior levels. Troy Terry and other collegiate athletes were chosen to play for the U.S. men's hockey team. Uh, he recorded three assists against Slovakia in their eventual 5-1 win. Cool. He's legit. Uh, Troy Terry. Um, he's also 24, by the way. Like, isn't he five years older than Raymond anyways? Four. I think he's four years older. Four years? Yeah, four years older. Um, yeah, ter- Troy Terry has, by the way, viewers, has a 12-game point streak. Going, I'm not sure if he got the, a point in this game against the Kraken as well. I'm pretty sure he, he must have. With six I, I, I'm I'm willing to bet that he did. Yeah, with six Anaheim goals on the board, that's pretty good for Anaheim. Um, yeah, remember last year when they couldn't score for shit, and now this year they're putting up six. They probably got there's a couple probably a few game stretches where they had six goals in three games. Yeah, and they have six goals in one game, which is, is good. No, Anaheim's a different team. Anyways, I'll talk about them later. Um, the uh, yeah, Troy Terry, twelve game point streak. Raymond's gonna be a better player, but Terry is going to be an important part of this Anaheim team. He's going to be a really good secondary complimentary piece. My comp to him is Tyler Toffoli. That sounds with, fair. With better hands. Much better hands than Tyler Much better hands, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's Troy Terry for you. And Lucas Raymond's better. Uh, Rav also asked, Cider and Raymond over Kako and Laugh? Question mark? 1,000%. I, you know, here's the thing. Like, this is still early on. Like, this is still yeah, a bit of recent, recency bias. Yeah, it is. Um, part of the reason why I, I mean, not to say that these guys suck, but I don't, I think part of the reason why the Rangers haven't been as good as we thought, and they're still pretty good early on, yeah. is because of those guys not, like, they haven't had their Cider and Raymond moments yet, Kako no. and. When, like, like when you're talking about Kako after year one of like our laugh of like, well, he's a really good defensive wing. It's like, okay, but like, that's not why you have Kako or laugh on your team. No. Yeah. Lafreniere is a, should, a projected as a generational, not maybe like an elite talent in this league. And he just hasn't done it yet. And same with, same with Kako. Kako has yeah. been. And I still think they can do it. Probably the duo I would rather have right now is Cider and Raymond. Um, so, so would I. But I think it, I, I think Cackle and Laugh are going to be better than Troy Terry. How about that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, well, they will be eventually. Right now they're not, but eventually they will be. Uh, finally, Rav asks: Is there any way Hughes, Miller, and Besser, uh, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, and Brock Besser all don't make the U.S. team? 
I feel like Miller would be the odd man out in that situation. I think I've, I I, I feel like Besser would get in on reputation. Hughes definitely gets in on reputation. Um, Miller's Miller's played too well and is too important of a, dare I say, veteran leader, important intangibles piece on a team. He's a good net front guy, gets the dirty. He's too important of a player to leave off the American team. Yeah. I think I think all three of them make it. I don't. Th- if isn't I had- it so? Isn't it so cool yeah. how Stan Bowman, be- one of his final things he did before he got fired, was name three players to Team USA, and two of them were his. Own- I mean, Patty Kane and Austin Matthews. Sure, they should make uh, Team USA, but Seth Jones and uh, you know, nice little ego boost, ego stroke for him before uh, getting fired. Getting fired, yeah. There's a couple other defensemen on Team USA. I think Seth Jones still makes the team, but I think there's better players that should have gone in that spot. If you're comparing them to like a Win Hughes, Win Hughes, Charlie McAvoy, Adam Fox, who just Adam Fox, by the way, Zach Rowanski, Zach Rowanski, yeah. You name it, they should be there. Um, I don't think either one. I don't think any of those guys are going to get left off the team. Um. But I think if there is somebody who does, it would probably be JT. It's it was a, it was great seeing them play in person. Right, oh, I bet all those guys are really good. And uh, this comes after them getting uh, you know, their shit kicked in by the Colorado Avalanche tonight. What was the final score? Six nothing. Seven one. At least they scored. Christ. At least, hey, somebody has to get the Avalanche revitalized. So nice of Vancouver to do yeah, that. I, I guess. I mean, they're out. They're missing McKinnon for a couple of weeks. He's that got doesn't matter. Tears, I guess it doesn't matter. He's Colorado. Um, Colorado. Um, you got one question in mailbag. Yeah, I, I do have a mailbag question. Um, and actually, this is very funny. Um, Chase Fraser asked, "Why does Troy Terry suck this season?" Well, he can't suck that much. He just scored a empty net goal to make it seven four for my Ducks against Ian's Kraken. Um, Troy Terry does not suck. He has a 12, 13 game point streak now. Um, he is. He, along with a revitalized Ducks team, have been playing quite well. They're eight, four, and three now. And um, can I just say there is something to be said for people in Canada who don't like American players? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like I, th- I feel like there is this, like this Canadian mer- media narrative where it's like this Troy Terry guy might not be good, but you know who's good? Miko Koskinen. Or Duncan, or Duncan Keith. That Duncan yeah. Keith guy is still good. It's like, have you seen Duncan Keith play? That guy is shit. That guy's legs are gone. Yeah, well, they're not what it used to be. You're right. No, you're right. They are gone. So, right. like, that, like, that's where I think where it's like, no, Troy Terry's not good because he's an American who plays on Anaheim. But you know who is good? It's Duncan Keith. It's like, this is the Canadian media uh, bullshit narrative that uh, people have to, like, get through or can't get over sometimes that I'm willing to admit because I'm an American and and a Canadian who likes to see it from both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. No, for sure. You're, you're a dual citizen. So you're totally unbiased whatsoever. No, I have no bias whatsoever. Uh, I am okay. a, I am a fan of both teams. I love Canada and the U S this is good. That's true. That's you told me that before. That is true. Um, I do have another question actually. Yes. And it is from Brandon Goff. Uh, good buddy of ours. He's a, he's now our senior lax correspondent, by the way. He put that in his Instagram. He? But he, he's gonna oh, be doing he's gonna be doing some Vancouver Warriors coverage for us this year. 
Right on. Love to hear it. Um. Anyways, Brandon, we're, steal- we're stealing Jevin's friends. So he, Jevin of Left Side Heavy podcast. We're no, stealing all his. Jevin's sharing his friends with us. <laughs> sharing <laughs> it. Exactly. <laughs> what does Brando have to say? He asked me how excited I am about the Ducks right now. So this segues, segues uh, again, I touched on it briefly. Um, I could spend like hours talking about my Ducks. I didn't realize this was the Scott Your Peace podcast where you yeah, get to talk about like, your Ducks. Hey, why not, man? They're good. They're 8-4-3. and three. They're finally good after three years of being subpar. They're Especially last year. Last year was an atrocity by the end of it. Atrocity, yeah, it was an atrocity. Um, do you think they're making the playoffs? No, uh, no. They, sh- I hope they don't. I honestly hope they don't. I wonder if there's like a parlay bet that we can make for like Anaheim and Detroit both making the playoffs. Oh, there probably is. I think those, we should. I think obstacles. we should. I think I think we should get Rav to make that. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I'm kind of like I'm kind of on the uh, you know. Kind of on the Ducks bandwagon because Are you? okay because you're you you well you're the host right you're part host of the show so I have to you know root regular cast part host okay sure anyways yeah you're on this podcast frequently enough that I should be supporting your team because you're supporting my team I do I, I I've ta- I've hyped you up about the wings they're yeah. good side so I, man I've been a fan of cider since he was drafted but so pretty much that's kind of where I'm and yeah. I think there, I'm, I'm working on this theory. Like I'm kind of workshopping it. I, I haven't fully come to this theory yet, but I feel like there's this theory in the NHL of if you don't start well, then like you're going to be shit. And it doesn't actually change all that, but the standings don't actually change all that much in the NHL. Not really. No. Like one, like whatever you are, like 10, 12 games into a year, that's probably more or less like, one or two spot difference. That's probably where you're going to finish for the, for the season. More and Ana- Anaheim's in a pretty good spot because they have top five goalie in the league. Yep. I definitely so, agree with that. So when you have, a- I would say another thing to add to the goaltending piece is that they're a top, they have, you know, John Gibson's a top five goalie, but also their goaltending as a whole. Stolarz has been very good, by the way, in the games he's played, he was very solid. If you were to ask me who Anaheim's backup was, I was probably going to tell you um, Ryan Miller or somebody. He's now retired. Him back and retired last year. Um, Anyways, Anthony Stoller is the current, the new backup of the Anaheim Ducks. And he's been very good. Um, And Gibson, obviously Gibson, the goat. So um, listen, you have goaltending, which helps. I think your defense is fine. 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 Fine is the right word for it. With, Um, with, With Fowler, Lindholm, Drysdale, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Um, I, I think by the way, has taken a big step this year. Drysdale has looked really good. Yeah. And the I think people saw in the Canucks game the clip of him full full out sprint skating up the ice, back 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 down the ice to shut down Miller, and then back up to be in the three on one, like elite. That's yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I think. I think your team actually probably has a good percentage of make, like to make the playoffs. We're, I'm working I'm working on my theory right now about that. Whereas I think the Red Wings they could be a wild card team this year too. I know the Metro is like really fucking. Uh, um, Metro's loaded. Yeah, so they have to beat the fifth place team in the Metro, which is going to have probably a, they have to get a hundred points most likely. 
Which, I mean, they have the goaltending to do it. Nedeljkovic has been very good. I 100% he's had He had one bad game to start the year, and now he's yep. like picking it up. Grace he was is excellent against the Oilers a couple of yes. nights ago. Albeit there were a few blunders from Stuart, Stuart Skinner. Still, still excellent performance from Nedeljkovic, for sure. Um, and, and their defense is weird. We're like, they're scratch. Like, some nights they're scratching Stetcher and putting Danny DeKaiser and Mark Stahl in the lineup. Yeah. Which is weird. Mark Stahl is so slow, dude. He is so slow. Stahl? Oh, he's, yeah. Not great. Um, <laughs> forward group's not bad, though. If they can get enough scoring, I think there's a good chance this team could make a, a good playoff run. Their first line's kind of nasty, I gotta say. And some of Detroit's, like, dare I say prospects, like Rasmussen's taking a step this year. Valeno. Yeah, Valeno's been solid. Um, Zadina's taking a big step, second line, but still he's played solid. And Tyler Bertuzzi, um, dude, that Bertuzzi, that goal against Tampa. Oh. No, I don't know if he's. I don't want to say he's taking a step because I like. I know that he's always had this. It's just a matter of being healthy and yep. being able to do it for a, for a full season. Yeah, and he. And, I also like the yeah that line with Larkin and Raymond actually is kind of nice. It is. It really is. It is. It really is. Yeah. I think my biggest concern as a Red Wings fan is just like if we do go on a run here and Bertuzzi can't play in Canada and that's what costs this team is like nine games because of yeah. the fact that Bertuzzi just can't play in Canada because of COVID. Um, that's probably that's maybe one of my bigger concerns. Yeah. Uh, um, any other um, mailbag? Any other? Nope. No. Do um, you have anything you want to plug or promote? Right now, um, I might have something later, but KJRHL is doing really well. Um, we're how's your team doing? We're four and oh, but Ooh. as the commissioner, there might have to be some trades being made, which is um unfortunate. I have to potentially send players out, but we'll see what happens. Are you are you gonna be like David Stern and you're gonna be like, No, Chris Paul, you can't play for the Lakers, but you can play for the Clippers? <laughs> no, it's not like not quite like that, but we got to start out some some movement, some player movement potentially, and um, hope guys show up because there's been issues with guys not showing up with their gear. But um, anyways, that's that's an issue for later. But no, honestly, the league's been really fun. It's been good. The guys have been all really good. and um, It's good hockey. It, yeah, hockey's really good. It's, you'll, you'll have fun when you come up in February to watch. I can't wait. Um, you can fall, You can check out my work uh, tomorrow. I'm going to be a uh, Friday as this drops. Friday, I'm going to be in Everett covering the Silver Tips Tri City Americans game. You could you should follow the Silver Tips uh, social media. I'm going to be doing all of that Friday night because our intern is out uh, this week. So I'm going to be doing all of that. Uh, so catch me in Everett on Friday. Um, I got a couple of articles in the in the warmer in the in the oven in the cooler that I'm working on here that I'm trying to get out, but it's uh, been a bit painful because um, communication and just shit going on. So there's gonna be there's some articles that I I, I will be posting here soon. Um, December's gonna be a, a good month. I might have to go to Prince George. You really? And why would you do that? Because the Silver Tips have two games in Prince George on the 27th and 28th of December that I said, if you need me, I'm happy to go. So it's a big trip. You're telling me. Yeah, that's that's a I, I hear Prince George is tropical during uh, the winter holidays. 
Oh, yeah, right. So you can catch me uh, doing Silver Tips work, possibly in Prince George in six weeks. Um, SYP stuff. We got we, we got some stuff planned for December. Um, we're going to be doing uh, some World Juniors live streams. That's going to be really fun. Really fun. Uh, we're going to a game, so we're going to have uh, some hashtag content from that game. Scott gets to see Troy Terry in person. I do. I'm very excited for that, I will say. What if Sam Steele, the last time I went to a Ducks-Canucks game, Sam Steele got a hat trick. What if Sam Steele gets another hat trick against the Canucks? No, that would be good. But you know who I'd rather see get a hat trick? Trevor Zegers. That that, that would, would be cool. Better. That would be sick. That would be awesome. Um, yeah. I'd love so, another Ducks win, too. That'd be fun. So we we got uh, December plans coming up, you and I. Yeah. Um, my next big trip is really uh Super Bowl. That's really my next uh big event that we got planned. Super Bowl weekend. Not bad, not bad. Um, that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. That'll be in Kelowna, British Columbia, uh, just north of West K. Uh, that's where we'll be hanging out all Super Bowl weekend. Who's your Super Bowl pick, by the way? Right now? Oh my god. Honestly, I, and you call me soccer that one. I don't even know. Um, I like. It's, gonna... it, by the way, there's like almost NHL levels of parody in the NFL right now. That's what I've heard. Um, oh my god, NFL pick. To... Man, you put me on the spot here. I know you're a big uh, football guy too, so you know oh, this is huge. totally up your alley. Huge viewers. I'm far from a football guy, but um. You don't have the body for the football guy. That's I, the problem. I really don't, you know. <laughs> like I'm not I'm just not built that way. Built different, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Built different, but in a different way. Um man, I don't know. The whole Aaron Rodgers thing in Green Bay is kind of throwing me off. Do you talk about that in like your your like your health science or whatever class, like in your no. Uh, no. Do you talk about like, oh, this guy listens to Joe Rogan. He must know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course no we don't talk about that um i'm gonna man i don't know i'm gonna say tampa bay but i'm not confident in that pick big brady guy over here <laughs> i guess is it because of is it because of scotty miller who i think is like what you are like if what you would be if you played football i mean the, that's the, the that, short white slot I, receiver i did forget about that but that would be me yeah i'd be a, i'd be a slot receiver um, I guess I mean, maybe I'm also, I'm stealing, we're stealing Jevin's friends, but I'm also friends with Jevin. So I'm a Brady guy, I guess. I don't know. That's fair. Um, it's a, we talk, are, you know, viewer, are we stealing Jevin's friends? I don't know. Are we, uh, short-term borrowing them? Um, <laughs> Scott, Scotty Miller, by the way, uh, five, nine, 174 pounds. I'm not that small, but no. And and we stand short kings on this podcast, so we're a big Scotty Miller fan. Yes. Also, speaking of other Scotties, Scotty Barnes. Speaking of Scotts, this is a Scott podcast, by the way, because I'm back. Um, we stand Scotts on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Scotty Barnes has been really good for the Raptors. He's probably the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, and he probably should, assuming he doesn't get hurt. But apparently, the Raptors are. Uh, I don't think the Raptors are good. They're not great. They lost to the Celtics last night. I watched part of that game. And apparently uh, the Celtics are not good. Well, they're missing Jalen Brown right now. So, And Tatum's been like hit and miss. I, I should mention, we're doing a basketball podcast with Fuji next week. 
Oh, I might have a guest for you. Another guest for you that should join you on that. We but, need to do a baseball podcast too, by the way. We should we do also, that at some point. We also should do that, yes. Um, that's the podcast for uh, Friday. That's our Friday show. Uh, enjoy. Um, li- listen to it while I'm driving down the I-5 corridor for the second time this week. And the first time you turned all the way back. <laughs> you just You showed up just for it to get canceled postponed but yeah one of the greatest feelings in the world is when you drive two hours only to find that your game's postponed that's unfortunate that truly is unfortunate uh best of luck to all the spokane chiefs players by the way uh i i did make it up though i got brooklyn bros pizza so you know not all is lost some of the best pizza i've ever had anyone if you're ever i'm actually this is not just ian this is i've been to this pizzeria if you've if you ever are in Everett and you go hang out with Ian at a tips game, go to Brooklyn Bros Pizzeria. You will thank me later. That's that's our that's our pregame spot. It 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 really is. Yeah. Yeah, it actually is. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's our. It's. I don't think they have any uh sort of um sponsorship with the silver tips. I could be wrong. But anyways, uh, if you ever want to come down to Everett, DM speak your piece or Ian McDonald, and we'll go to Brooklyn Bros beforehand. Uh, speaking of a. a company that should or a restaurant that should sponsor this podcast um again thank you very much for listening uh we'll be back with one if not two shows next week uh i will also be in uh, langley next week covering the silver tips so i'm all over the place baby nature is healing we're back to normal yes you'll love to see it all right we'll be back soon peace out